Hello, everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to this edition of the Racing Insiders podcast. I am Kate Dillon from CrateInsider.com. And over here on the Steve Cam, there we go. We got Steve over here. Steve Hendren from Hendren Racing Engines is joining me as my co-host. He's just uh, finishing up a cigarette there. Yeah, I am excited to set up inside today because, well, the thunderstorms, I don't know, it may or may not happen and... I don't know. It, it rained a little bit today. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's humid as shit out here. So yeah. I, sitting there, sitting in the air conditioning or, you know, sitting here. Right. Or outside. Yes. Well, and I don't really like taking camera equipment outside with the uh, with the rain. That's like a bad combination right there. So, so yeah. All right. Well, we got Steve coming back to join us here in just a second. And if you're here, you know, drop in a comment, say hi, um, tell us where you're watching or, or listening from. And also, if you have any questions, feel free to drop them into the comments. And we are happy. That's why we're here every week to answer questions. Well, actually, yeah, that's, primarily. Yeah. yeah, that's why you're here. Right. And I just usually ask said questions. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the you're the answer guy. It's also a good excuse to drink beer live on camera. It is. It is. So, what, so what are you drinking this week? Well, just my normal basic bitch ultra. Michelob Ultra. Yes. Gotcha. I am drinking a Bud Light Chilada today, and it is. I this one I got. It's just the regular like in the can. So like if you're at the golf course and you know you just have the go to. You know, I've been spoiled because I've been making my own for so long that this does not at all taste. Why did you bring? So that was random. So if you're if you're at the golf course and you want a chilata, then you can get one. Well, that's actually where I first started drinking those ever. Oh, I didn't know that. Because okay. it's already in the can. It's like when you have a mixed drink, it's like a total pain in the ass. Were you doing a chilata a hole? No. God, no. There's no way. Number one, they're giant. <laughs> and, yeah. Chilata I mean, every two holes? No. No. I mean, I only ever played nine holes because oh, okay. I have tendonitis in my right, right. arm. So. So I can't really, I can't really play that, gotcha. you know, play long or anything, mm -hmm. but just enjoying a, like yep. two or three or something. So it's the go-to. You show you the crowd your it. golf grip. Um, what about my, and no, I'm not going to show the camera my golf grip. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> How about your shock grip? <laughs> no, no. I think there are enough videos where I'm doing lewd things. You're stroking my, shocks. Yes. Why I'm doing lewd things with my hands and I don't mean to, like I'm not at all. Doing that was, a, that that was a running joke for quite a while. Yeah. If you, if you watch the uh, video on YouTube about me showing off the AFCO double adjustable yep. shocks, it gets my God, that was a while ago. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, I mean, a day or two. That's when there was like a video <laughs> studio in here. It right. was, I think my hair is probably short. It's like mm -hmm. 2015. God, I've been on videos for a long time. You've been there. Oh, man. Man, I see uh, got a few folks joining us. Chuck is here, and he's here from West Tennessee. Right. West Tennessee, and Andrew is that's here. Saying, hey. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get, you yeah know. I mean, you know, I mean, Tennessee, we just think about it as, you know, hour away basically yeah west tennessee is quite a ways away yes it is like you go over to memphis and all of that yep. over there that's a definitely definitely a ways a ways mm -hmm. away so uh steve so how was your week good yeah not bad good. got some shit done uh yeah good it's kind of uh i mean we were able to get a bunch of new stuff done oh good which you know has been a struggle as we all know with you know new 604s and stuff like that but yeah we were able to get uh several of those done good so. 
Good. That's that's great news. I know. I feel like the uh, supply chain. It feels to me that either either demand has slowed down enough that we can reasonably get products again. You know that it's not so yeah, over I mean, crazy, or we're just hitting at a really good stride at this point. Yeah. Uh, because I'm actually able to get stuff, and I mean, there's a, believe me, there's a long list of things that I cannot get, but I feel like I'm able to get more and more. Right. I mean, I mean, we run into that like. You know, the ones I got done this week were, or this last week were like, you know, complete combinations. So everything but a race car kind of deal. Right. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that we would normally use <laughs> as components, obviously you're having to substitute a thing here or there, you know. So rather than best, we're going, or better, we're going, or rather than best, we're going better. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So, yeah. And it's the dumbest stuff sometimes. It's like, oh, it can't. Well, like can, you can't get a fuel pump. Can, rod. can you get a fuel pump push rod anywhere in the country right now? <laughs> not, not the forty six oh seven. No. Well, no. well, you can't even from anybody else. There's no. I mean, you can't even get the composite ones. Wow. I mean, we <laughs> we checked everywhere, literally, and there's not one available anywhere in the country. Wow. Which tells you it's coming from China. So now we've got you know supply chain issue. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Oh, I see Chuck's got a great fact of the day for us. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, fact of the day, one out of three Biden supporters is just as stupid as the other two. This is actually very accurate. I, 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 I feel like that's a yeah. perfect fact of the day right there. That's a good fact of the day. Yes. And uh, Terry's here from Iowa. Um, mm -hmm. It does exist. Okay. Well, well, I mean. <laughs> Anybody that's new to the show, Steve has a problem, you know, understanding that whether Iowa exists or not. Yeah. So. I'm still not sure if it's a state or a place <laughs> or a you know and of course i partially grew up there so i'm fully aware that it's, it's a place yeah. and tommy is here from mount clemens michigan wow that's ways off too yeah absolutely and i know i've got some good questions um I kind of snag some from some of our youtube comments mm -hmm. but before we jump into questions any of you guys that are here with us live any questions you have drop them into the comments that's really what we're here to do yeah uh but i do want to uh, it's, it's the one time a week I don't get annoyed by answering questions. Right. I actually, I don't get well, annoyed, but, but you know what I mean? It's I do. Like, it's not during business hours. It's after hours. I'm drinking a beer. So, you know, well, who's going to be more honest about questions and answers than me when I'm drinking a beer? Well, it's true. And also you're not distracted by the email that just came in or knowing that you need to get this engine out today or, right, or exactly. a customer just walked in the yep. door. I mean, this is what we're here for. Exactly. So, yeah. Primarily. I mean, that, and I mean, we started this whole show during the pandemic. If nobody's been here since then. Right. And hell, we were just basically bored as shit and decided, hell, let's go live and I don't know, talk a bunch of mad crap on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, just chat with our people. What we like, did. like have a, have a party kind of, yep. kind of thing. Um, all right. So we do have a question here from, mm -hmm. from JD. He says, uh, what are the best carburetor jets to use on a 604? Well, that's going to be entirely up to what carburetor you have um, and the builder who built the carburetor. Um, so always in that scenario, my first recommendation is contact the builder and ask him what jet you need for the fuel that you're using and what the carburetor was designed for. Because there's many different variables involved in carburetors nowadays and just jetting. Um, so there's air bleeds, there's emulsion bleeds, there's just uh, just a world of stuff that you need to need to take into consideration. So if I gave you a best carburetor jet recommendation, that would be for our carburetors, not anyone else's. And so that would be 
certainly a question to ask your carburetor builder. I think so. Uh, and if it's a Holly carburetor, uh, like a bone stock Holly type carburetor, HP or something like that, then generally <clears throat> most of those are going to be designed for, you know, pump gas, non-oxygenated fuel. And generally they send those out at least two, two jet sizes rich for that kind of combination. So beyond that, if you're trying to use one of those carburetors on, you know, oxygenated race gas or something like that, then it'd be something uh, to where I would certainly contact a carburetor builder and ask them, you know, if they deal with that stock carburetor and ask them, you know, that question. Well, and he follows up by saying that he says, we have a quick flow now looking at getting a Willys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I would certainly recommend the Willys. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the carburetors we always recommend. Um, I mean, we, we build our own stuff. Uh, we do David's, uh, I like David Smith stuff. I like stealth and I like Willys. Mm -hmm. That's the four that I normally go to at all times. All right. And I see Tommy has a question. He says, mm -hmm. any news on Dave Hammond and you can, can you share what happened? Um, yeah, I, I haven't looked at Dave's page today. Uh, I didn't know anything happened. Yeah. So here's what happened. He was on, uh, like one of those, those, uh, basically it's like a creeper, but yeah. except for it's the kind you sit on, you mm -hmm. know, so it yeah, looks yeah. like a toddler's chair. I mean, I've got yeah, one at, exactly. at my shop too. And he was sitting on it and you know, in his words, like it's a Chinese piece of shit. So therefore like the, it broke and it toppled him backwards and he hit his head straight on the concrete. Oh shit. Good thing that he had his phone with him. Cause he couldn't get up. He had to call his wife Oh damn. and had go to the hospital and get stitches in his head. Dang. So he's got some really great folks working for him now. I mean, Michael's there and Brian's there. So they're holding down the fort. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dave, if he can work, he's going to work. Oh, yeah. um, but I saw that he wasn't able to make it in like on Friday. I don't right. know if he's back at work today, but uh, it sounds like he might have had. Uh, I don't want to put words. It is, unlo it is unlike like Dave to buy a Chinese piece of shit, though. Oh, no. And now he's talking about making his own. <laughs> well, that, with American, now that's like with a, yeah, he's with like, American steel and American wheels. Exactly, yes. American foam. So, yes. <laughs> so my ass yeah. don't hurt while I'm sitting down. Right. <laughs> yes. And and he's already got people on his page saying, Hey, well, I'd buy one. I'd buy one. Right. I'd buy one. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Dave is Dave Hammond becomes the new master creeper manufacturer. It, mm. It's not really a creeper. What do you what do you call it? It's you know I, I don't even know. They use it's them kind they, of like a creeper, but I've not. seen them I've seen them used a lot in body shops and stuff like that over the years. And I, I don't know what they're called. Um, Little yeah, scooter stool or something like that. Right. Well, I mean, we I, I got one actually. Got usually, one. usually got four wheels and yeah. <laughs> and, and you're sitting really close to the ground. So yeah. for us at the store, like if we're doing some something with the shelves, a, a lower mm -hmm. part. I mean, you can try to squat, but squatting gets old, and we right. got a bunch of it to do. It's usually just kind of roll around. Yeah. So yep. So yeah. And I see Dell's here saying, hey, and hey, Dell, it's yep. great to see you. Mary Lou has a question. She mm -hmm. says, um, hey there, do you have any Crate Insider hoodies in stock right now? In fact, I do. So I'm going to drop in a link right here, and that is to our Crate Insider hoodies. I don't have a ton of them, and I just I kind of have some limited sizes, but uh, um, we do have them in stock. I'm sure you'll place a bigger order for them you know, yeah, close, close, closer cooler. to winter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we, we fall, well. I guess. Yes. Oh, and that all showed up there. Um, so again, you know, questions, you guys drop them in and uh, I'm going to snag some from some of these are from some of the folks who have commented on our YouTube channel, uh, different times or ask questions, I guess. you know, and ask, yeah. 
this one's fun. This one is from Shitbox Productions <laughs> LLC. <laughs> this is who's asking this on YouTube. Um, I'll go ahead and, and enter this and show it up on the screen. Uh, says, so should I be buying VPX85 and dumping it straight into the gas tank or do I need to mix it? Also, I can buy X85 at the pump. Is there any difference? Okay. I. Um, but I wonder if you can really buy X85 well, or if he's just confusing the X85. Well, it could, be, it could be a racetrack that has, you know, the old, you know, a lot of, a lot of racetracks put in underground tanks mm. and actually sell it out of like a legit, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pump. Right. So that, I mean, that could be it. Um, but uh, yeah, you don't want to mix it with anything. No, not at all. So. Um, I mean, X. I'll be honest. The X eighty five. I always promote it because I like VP fuels. I always have uh, one of the few few fuel companies that will, you know, shoot you straight. Um, so I prefer that fuel if you're going to be running an E eighty five variant. Um, but uh, they, you know, when we're comparing numbers back to back to back to back. Like, I mean, I just tested this last week. I tested um, before Dylan Brown went to Lernerville to go up there and run uh, Vicky's oh, uh, were, Memorial she, Race for okay. event, the yeah. 20,000 to win race. Yeah. Um, we got Sunoco and basically compared it back to back. I mean, essentially. And, you know, same carburetor setting, same everything. Power was basically the same level. So, you know, between, I can honestly say between the Sunoco, between the base, between the Renegade, between the VP, all those pretty much run the same. Um, if you can actually get good X85 or not X85, E85 out of a pump, the gas station, knowing that there's no water contamination to it and knowing that it's actually E85, then odds are that's going to be somewhat similar, maybe a little bit less power, but it's going to be very close. Well, and actually, that leads me to a follow up question. And this was in our YouTube <coughs> comments. Right. Um, I was just actually copying and pasting it over here. And this uh, John is the name of the commenter. Mm -hmm. And he says, if I'm tuned on pump E85, would I be doing any damage running a race E85? Odds are you probably won't. Um, I mean, by tuned, I don't know if it means you bought a carburetor from a carburetor manufacturer and bolted it on and you're tuned. Or if you've been on a dyno of some sort, chassis dyno, engine dyno, whatever. And it's tuned around your your pump E85. Um, there could be a little bit of variance there, but in general, no, it's going to be really hard to hurt anything by going to a race E85. Matter of fact, the race E85 is consistent, whereas pump stuff is not. So I would be more concerned about buying it from a gas station out of a pump than I would by buying, you know, four different brands E85 from manufacturers where it's in a sealed drum. Right. Okay. Great. Um, now this one, I'm going to put up the question, but I'm actually going to read a little bit longer version. Uh, so this person says some builders are claiming that they are getting 25 plus more horsepower after they freshen an engine. Is that legally possible? And how much can you get out of one? I, I think this is a good caveat. Um, just to, I mean, I'm going to preface the question here or crate insider. So we do, or at least I'm crate insider. You mostly yeah. work on crate engines and most of our stuff is really geared towards crate engines. However, being on YouTube or TikTok or any of the social platforms, sometimes our audience widens out into areas 
that really aren't crate engines. Right. So, so I don't know if that's really where that customer or where that uh, question is coming from. But what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Can engine? Well, I mean, I've I've actually I've actually heard that in the in the crate world as well, or you know, crate engine world as well. And you know, generally speaking, I mean, if somebody's saying that on a brand new engine out of the box, it's a complete and total lie. Um. That being said, back in 2007, 2008, that wasn't so much of a complete and total lie. Back then, those engines were honestly just awful. (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, I mean, it was nothing to get 20 horsepower out of an engine. I mean, I've seen 20. I've seen 20 just by changing cylinder heads. So I had a customer one time that had a 2006 engine that had those shitty ass damn heads. And then... He, he somehow found a new one and we dynoed it. It's 20 down, 25 down from anything we've dynoed, you know, in the last year. And so the date code on it was like something like 2005, 2006. So we're talking, we're in 2008. So I'm like, dude, if we, but we literally left the car on the dyno, bought two brand new heads from the GM dealer, had them, you know, sent to us. Next day we like, both those take one set of heads off both the other heads on car still on the dyno and picked up 22 horsepower 23 horsepower just by cylinder heads alone did nothing else mm-hmm. and this is a brand new motor so back in those days yes that was something that was achievable nowadays i mean i can show you where i can pick you up 20 to 25 you've got an absolutely worn out engine and it's fresh now right but you know as far as like a new one out of the box no generally speaking we do the new ones out of the box it's more of a insurance policy than than a uh you know insurance policy and you know once it's blueprinting you you know you're making the maximum amount that engine's gonna make whether that's five more than what it would be stock or whatever well and and it's not gonna be 25 i'll put it that way Mm -hmm. yes and i know that there was a comment on here um on this the original video that i was talking about with uh, this with this question and the guy's like well yeah i mean the the production engine builders just just don't take the time that you can get like three more horsepower out of each cylinder. Right. And I think that's where there's a disconnect understanding that crate engines, we, we have rules that we have to follow and limits and right. like exactly. you are getting it to spec and it is yeah. what it is. Am right. I wrong on that? Or Yeah. Either that or the guys like advocating that you go to a guy who builds like two motors a year rather than us who build 160. Yeah. So that could be, that could be what it is. You, you just could never be. know. All right, so Alan's here, and he's got a question. He says, hi, guys. Usually don't get to see Monday's show, but got time tonight. A couple of weeks ago, I was asking Steve about 602 oil PSI, Mm -hmm. and his thought was to change the gauge. Mm -hmm. Well, you nailed it, Steve. Oil PSI is just what we want to see. One other thing I hear a lot is run seven quarts of oil instead of eight quarts in the 602. What are your thoughts? Uh, Yeah, we run seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, We recommend seven in both the 602 and the 604. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get up to eight quarts, what it's going to end up doing is it puts that oil into the crankshaft. So the crankshaft starts whipping that oil around. Number one, that costs you power. Number two, it actually heats the oil up more. Mm. So you're, you're, you're going to get have a, a higher oil temperature because that oil is getting beaten around by the crankshaft. Yeah. And Dave says uh, carburetor can make five to eight horsepower more with just the carburetor. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, well, totally can. Yeah. yeah uh, really. The, that time and time again. The, the focus of that question we were talking about was was just the that there is a lot of kind of like a factor crap kind of thing mm-hmm. that from crate engine 
builder just the blueprinting portion of it or freshening yeah. an engine that it's going to make that big of a difference yeah car, car, car will do that all day long oh, yeah. i mean it's it's and headers head, header <laughs> headers are massive uh, fuel i mean just fuel change yeah. is massive yeah so generally speaking if you've got a competent engine builder and the engine's actually been blueprinted where there's people out there that say they do it and then they and they don't um generally speaking if you're comparing apples to apples um and again, you got a competent engine builder who actually does the work that they say they're going to do for you, then the engines should all be the same mm-hmm. because we all have the same parameters we have to work around. And if that's the case, then what actually makes a difference in power is going to be your fuel. It's going to be your headers. It's going to be your carburetor. It's going to be, you know, a bunch of other variables other than the engine itself. Right. Yeah. We're limited in, in that regard. Right. And speaking of exhaust, Joe has a question. He says, hi, have you done any testing with merge collectors? Yeah, years ago. Uh, merge collectors are badass. Um, if you can run them, run them. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love merge collectors. I wish it was a legal option for, for most of the crate racing out there. I know it is for probably a few different places that don't really have a tight header rule as far as, you know, like we do. Um, and most of the stuff that we deal with, but merge collectors are freaking badass, dude. I would absolutely be running them if you possibly could. Good to know. Well, that reminds me that over on TikTok, and if you don't follow us on TikTok, I invite you to to uh, follow Crate Insider on TikTok. Um, I'm just there because that's where the people are. So <laughs> I, I can assure you, I there's like people there, weirdos there. No, but like, so here's the crazy thing. I was looking at it the other day. We have actively been on Instagram, not so much this year, but actively on Instagram as Crate Insider since 2017. We have like, I don't know, 2,700 followers. We have a thousand more than that on TikTok and we joined in March. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to go where the people are. And man, Instagram is like swimming upstream. TikTok's a lot easier, but it ends up putting us into people in front of people, just right. like I was talking about with YouTube, who really don't even understand what crate engines are yep. a little bit. Um, but apparently, you know, it is groundbreaking because although you and I have been talking about anti-reversion and all of that mm-hmm. for years, right. like 2014, 2015, isn't yeah. it about when the your mufflers came out? Uh, yeah, it's when we first designed the muffler. I mean, we designed it and then uh, we worked to deal with Dynatech and Dynatech produced them for several years for us. And then when they decided to get out of the essentially get out of the header business as far as servo track stuff goes, we hooked up Profab and uh, Profab uh, uh, produces them now for us. Yeah, well, apparently, just the concept of anti reversion, which has also been around since like the 60s, uh, it, Google mid, it. mid mid to late 70s. Okay, yeah. but still, you can Google it if this is not like some yeah. random crazy thing that Correct. i just like cooked up no. in my kitchen to put no. onto tiktok no, the, and, the, and i pretty much have called people calling me a liar pretty the, much the, like, show me the dino sheets or i don't believe the, you. the creator the snake oil we, we were we were the inventors of the anti-reversion muffler mm-hmm. um the man who actually invented uh anti-reversion technology when it comes to exhaust his name was jim fueling he owned uh, fueling industries in mm-hmm. california who my dad were really good friends and the anti-reversion system that he ran was per header tube mm-hmm. rather than down at the muffler. Right. Well, per header tube would increase the price of headers exponentially. Mm-hmm. And 
so we designed the muffler around his technology that he invented. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, none of this is patented anymore or anything like that. So we we designed that, the, the muffler, and the muffler makes a massive difference. It Just does. Massive yeah. difference. It's, especially and on the torque. I have yet to put that muffler on anything that we did not pick up torque. Now, have you ever tried it on a four-cylinder? Because I oh, absolutely. That question. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I can answer that question on, <coughs> on TikTok then. Uh, uh, there's several four-cylinder engine builders down in South Carolina that use that stuff or that they have they've they've used it before mm -hmm. and they've seen the same you know they've seen gains on that as well um willie at willie's carburetor and dyno shop um he was one of the first people to adapt at a, at a large scale a large volume scale he was one of the first people to adopt that uh and start bolting around customers cars mm -hmm. uh, back in the day there and he did he, tell me one time like kate you could put this on a rental car and it'd pick up torque correct <laughs> and he he now he's seen the biggest gain I've ever seen I've ever seen. He sent me the dyno sheet uh, on the chassis dyno on a open motor, open uh, UMP mod motor. I think he picked up a hundred foot pounds. Wow! Now on crate stuff, it's not that much, right? But it's and what a lot it, it has a lot to do with the overlap in the camshaft. I mean, there's a lot of different variables on how much you're going to pick up, but. You can bolt those on. It's so one item you can actually bolt on and gain power or gain torque. Mm -hmm. And that's a bolt on item. You'd spend thousands of dollars on an engine trying to pick up what we can pick up with a, you know, $150 fucking muffler basement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hundred and then you buy two of them. So it's like yeah. 200 bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and Darren says, I wish there was a two inch version. Um, yeah. Two inch reversion. Muffler. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, and he says, what do you see at the other end with the anti-reversion muffler? Dave is asking. Top end, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, top end, normally, I mean, your torque your torque is still going to be an increase. Um, on some open motors, we've seen a horsepower reduction at the very top end. Um, on the crate stuff, uh, it's still an overall gain or, or at zero. In other words, like testing it back-to-back, -back, muffler, no muffler, there's either a small gain or at zero, basically. Right. So you're not losing anything. You're gaining torque. Oh, that's one so, of the challenges. Because so on on limited limited horsepower, limited torque application engines. Number one, all we're searching for on crate engines is low end torque, low to mid range. Mm -hmm. And if we can pick that up, that means you pull more gear out of the car, pull more gear out of the car, you gain mile an hour. So mile an hour is everything. Well, and, and that's one of the challenges for the folks that have, especially if you're momentum racing. Sorry, yeah, but. no, 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 but like engine dynos. I mean, because you do see those comments like, "Well, I put on my dyno, I didn't see anything." Well, you're not going to on an engine dyno. Well, a lot, a lot of problems on engine dynos is they cannot, uh, unless it's like a really new high tech damn trick ass dyno, uh, they can't start a pull uh, low enough in the RPM range to read it accurately enough to see a gain. Because on your chassis dyno. You can go zero to whatever. Well, I, can, I can go, you know, 1,200 RPM. Right. So, Whereas I mean, on an engine dyno, it's right. pretty much 3,200 and above, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. I mean, most of them, they're going to start pulling about 4,000. Okay. And, where and they can that, actually start reading accurately. It's a water break. Most of them are water break dynos. Well, and by that time, all the torque is, you're, you're so close to being done with the torque curve that you're getting into the horsepower curve, right? Yeah. I mean, peak torque on a 604 is usually around 55 or so. Okay. Yeah. So you're not really, you're so not seeing the low end called, torque at all. 
you know, mid range, mm-hmm. <laughs> not bottom end. So, I mean, on an average start or restart, you're taking off 2,500, 3,000 RPM. So that's where you see a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Or coming off the corner as now, well, right? Yeah, correct. Now, if you put those, we, we've had them on World Outlaw Sprint cars. We've had them on, you know, uh, Lucas Oil cars, World Outlaw late models, all that stuff. Um, a lot of the sprint car guys, they were, you know, they were kind of hiding them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, putting, putting shit around them to make them look like something other than what they were. Um, Got to hide your secrets. Right. Hide, hide the secrets. But a lot of guys, as the tracks that we race on have gotten drier and shittier, <laughs> When it comes to the open motor stuff, I mean, you got super late model dudes. Hell, they got restrictor plates on them bitches. So they're trying to kill shit. They're trying to kill power. Now. Wow. But, wow. you know, back in the day. So I don't spend tires. Mid, mid, you right? know, yeah. Mid, you know, 2010 to, to 2020 in that mid range area, you know, we had them on everything. Wow. That's fun. And, you know, crate car, I have yet to see a scenario other than, you know, maybe Sonoma where Sonoma, Georgia where it's so damn slick that you can't use what you got with a 604. So we're always looking for more. And those add an absolute ass load. Yep. Good to know. Uh, Scott says, good evening. How many laps on a 602 before it needs to be freshened? Um, <clears throat> so there's two questions there. But I know, I'll, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll I'll they're, the so, they're so not yeah. related. I'll do yeah. one at a time. Um, so there, there's, no, there's no magic number there. So I always recommend that people run a leak down test on their engine every 10 races. Um, so long as it leaks down fine. In other words, you don't have more than 12 to 15% leak down in a cylinder um, with a cold. Um, then, you know, continue running it until you see more than that. Once you see more than that, then you know the engine needs to be freshened. Because it's only going to go three places. It's going in the pan through the rings. It's coming out the exhaust through the exhaust valve or it's going up in the intake through the intake valve. So that's where the air is going to be going. Gotcha. And then Scott has a second question. What's the difference between the profab headers and the Schoenfeld headers? Now I'm trying to look at his profile picture, but I, there's people in victory lane. I don't know what kind of car he has. It depends on the application, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, Late model wise, I mean, to me, there's no, I mean, there's no comparison. I mean, the profile is the best thing out there. I, I promote them like crazy. I sell them like crazy or try to, um, because if everybody wants the best of the best, that's what I prefer. Um, street stock wise and everything else. I mean, it, the profiles are better. Yeah. I mean, they're again, I mean, you're, we're talking guys who build headers for NASCAR and Indy cars and everything else. So, you know, yeah, it's the best of the best. But, you know, do you need the best of the best is where I always go with people. Where are you racing? Where are you racing? What are you racing against? What are your conditions? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being said, you know, I mean, I know, I know Doug at Schoenfeld or Doug Schoenfeld personally, all that stuff. My dad was friends with him. Um, great guy. Great freaking company. Probably like one of the freaking og damn header manufacturers out there who not only that they could, do a, could produce stuff for everyone in every application and I mean, in I a very them. timely manner in a very timely manner matter yes. of fact i think you told a story last week maybe that you know he was the only one you get headers for for a customer mm-hmm. in a reasonable amount of time so yeah i've got no problem with that you know well i mean having headers but, is 
just I, I I try to tell people like don't I know it's the last thing you put on your on your car, but don't wait for that to be the last thing you order. Yeah, because they're so big, and you know they're for as a retailer they're they're an investment in both money and space, mm-hmm. and so and there's so many different varieties it's hard to have all of them. Right. And so um, you know get on that earlier rather than later. Mm-hmm. I have a fun announcement that I'm really excited about. You ready for my fun announcement? Sure. Okay. Uh, so Steve has been talking about this for months at this point. And I was teasing him about being a premature promoter. <laughs> but uh, this is the Arts Radiator thermostat setup. And I, I wanted to just show it on the show just because I just got these in. And they just made it to the website. Mm-hmm. So we've got them for a 602, a 604. And you can get them as a dash 16 or dash 20. But... Like this is for the 604. You can tell it's got the waterline. Yep. It's got the waterline pieces <coughs> on the back. And then this is the thermostat. And then from here, this little hose goes down to your water pump. Top of the water pump. Yep. Right. And then this one goes to your radiator. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, I think this one's a dash 16. That's a 16. Yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, I'm so excited. It's been a process because there primarily this is something that's going to be used on E85 or methanol. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and I guess the idea of the thermostat, I was talking to a customer and one reason they wanted it is it would allow their engine to warm up faster. Well, that's, that's, that, that's the reason. So, okay. yeah, I mean, what you, you know, a conventional thermostat, the way it's designed, uh, sitting in, you know, the thermostat housing area where your top radiator hose normally goes, um, those create cavitation in the pump. Okay. And while they're waiting to open. <laughs> so, when you get cavitation in the pump, obviously that's not a good thing. So that can create all sorts of hate and discontent and problems in the entire cooling system. Or this, the way it's designed, you got the bypass hose that goes to the pump. Mm-hmm. Normally it'll sit like this. Like an a, and it goes yeah, to top of the like a C. Top of the water pump, right? And that bypasses. So when it bypasses, the pump can't cavitate. Okay. So and cavitation is is like little bubbles, and it means that cavitation is means air. the pump ain't pumping water. Right, because it's just, right. it gets air in there. Exactly. And, and so it, it creates all stuff. sorts of damn. There, I mean, and I'm just touching on it. I mean, right. I mean, I I'll mean, talk there, to there, Art and get some more. There, there's there's a better way to explain it than probably what I just explained it. Um, but I'm telling you, this is something that we run on my own son's car. Uh, Art called me, gosh, months ago, and we started testing with this on my son's car, and it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, thousand percent, like the best thing on the market. Well, and one of the, especially now these days, we want to try to save fuel anytime we can. And if your car can, well, if your engine yeah, can go up faster, correct. And one potentially save one fuel of the issues fuel. on E85, especially like on the stuff we do, especially I mean the carburetors we build, we're running these things so damn rich that you know you burn, you literally burn more fuel trying to warm the car up than you do racing. Wow. So <laughs> it's. It's a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, this is an interesting question here. And I'm just going to kind of read it out without putting it on the right. screen. So, uh, th- this is an older one, but you run into problems with this. So, on a 602 run on dirt, uh, this person, Mikey, says, I've been told to remove the two plugs on top of the intake manifold. I don't believe these are water ports. What are your opinions? They're they're not water ports, and I've actually seen I've actually seen where dudes have plugged or plumbed water to those. Mm. So no, that's what are they for? 
I honestly don't even know. Um, they're just there. They're like half inch pipe plugs on either side. They go to nothing. Um, I assume that intake manifold GM uses their, they've got to, they, they got to be used for something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it is, right. but it's not used for anything on a 602. Right. And I've actually seen dudes like plumb water to that. Well, it makes sense because it's what you do with the. Yeah, but there's no water there. That's what I'm getting. Right. There's then nothing's going to happen. No. So it's a no, placebo, it's a placebo effect. Yeah. All right. Uh, actually, now speaking of the thermostat, uh, Steve has a question here, mm -hmm. and he says, "Does that setup have an air vent in the yes, top? Yes, it does. Is that right what here? that is right That's here? That's exactly what that okay. is. Okay. So in in top of the water outlet portion of this. Yep. We have an air vent. Now you can also replace that if you wanted to. Uh, I mean that vents or vents the system to where you know you're, it's filled up a thousand percent. But you can also replace that with like a little, you know, it's just basically an eighth inch pipe plug or okay, yeah, something like that. At any rate, uh, you can like put like a little pet cock on there if you wanted to or whatever, so, you know, bleed the system. So essentially, it's a bleed. Oh, yeah. Okay, why would you do that? To get the all the air out of the system. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, it's not pressurized or anything, but got it. Well, I mean, it will be pressurized once the motor starts. Oh, okay. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And Dave. Um, yeah. Yeah. EGR bullshit. Yeah. What's that? EGR crossover? Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, stock. They, oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. They're using stuff. a stock okay. type manifold. So it's, yeah, EGR bullshit. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the OMD port type stuff where you've got the little sensors and things or whatever going to the computers. I, score? I, I don't know. I don't work I don't on know stock what that cars. Is. I know don't what know. EGR is. <laughs> I don't work on stock cars. So. All right. Here's a new question. Jason says Is 87 non ethanol better than 93 pump gas with ethanol? On a 602. No, I would not trust 87 at all. Uh, 93 is the bare ass minimum that I would trust on anything race related, um, especially on a nine and a half to one motor. Mm -hmm. uh, 87 will detonate. Mm, that would be bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, understatement. I'll wipe one out quick. Yeah. So, no, you do not want that. Um, so, I would, I would trust the 93 with ethanol way before that. Um, that being said, normally you'll find 93 non-ethanol. I don't think I've ever seen 87 non-ethanol. Not that it doesn't exist. I've just never personally seen it. Hmm. It's really rare. I think I have seen it, but I mean, hell, I'm not, I'm not a big gas price person. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I but know, you know what? I, I saved like. 30 cents a gallon going down to Hickory this weekend rather than getting it here. All right. Woo! I saved 30 cents a gallon in Hickory. <laughs> That's insane. Normally we're cheaper than them. I know, but it was like 4.79 up here and I paid a 4.49 in uh, Morganton. What the fuck? Oh, I know, but and I usually don't even look at these things, but gas prices are so bad that I have to look at these things. You know, well, cuz I know I'm going to Are you ready asked. for your gas tax holiday? <laughs> Where it's going to lower everything by like 18 cents a gallon. Except it's not. Except because it's, it's going to drive up the demand because right. people will be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the cheapest gas is going to be for like a long time. So now I'm going to like fill up and that's going to create more demand right. cycle, which is then going to raise the prices. So whatever I have for gas in the vehicle at that time, but you actually know how I do save. Yeah, you know, I, I do actually save on gas. Do you know how I do it? How? Don't you, drive? 
I, well, there's that. I, I actually, my, my work is a half a mile from here. So that helps. But the other thing is I use the app called upside. Oh yeah. Yeah. You told and me I've that. used it for years. There's like $40 in my, you know, <laughs> I've only been using it for like, you know how years. I save on gas. Um, you don't, I don't, <laughs> you don't. At I all. use as much as I possibly freaking can because <laughs> I like warmer environments. <laughs> Oh, don't even, don't, <laughs> no, don't, don't even talk about how much you love warmer environments. Right. When I hear you bitching like to the high heavens about how effing hot it was that day well, and your air conditioning yeah. wouldn't even hardly take the, the humidity out. So I don't want to hear about how you want hotter weather because mm-hmm. you absolutely do not. You do not. <laughs> and then even when I pointed out that, hey, wow. <laughs> hey, what do you think of this warm weather? I, I think it's See? the global warming, Steve. Don't you like it? Global warming is a good thing. All right, new question. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard says, with running your carbs so rich, won't it wash the cylinders? No, it won't. No, because we're also uh, proportionately running the timing excessively high as compared to like something like pump gas or uh, race gas. Mm. So it is still burning the entire mixture. Gotcha. Yeah, and Alan on the gas tax holiday is a face palm and a <laughs> I believe that's a middle finger. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a middle finger. <laughs> All righty. So Gregory has a good question. He says, mm-hmm. what pressure cap do you run for coolant in the 602 crate? Uh, generally, it's going to depend on your radiator, honestly. I mean, there are certain radiators that are built for high pressure caps, you know, 30 plus pound caps. Um, most radiators that you're going to buy, I think are built for 24 to 28 pound caps. So that's generally going to be the one that you want to use. The one that I sell is the 29. Is that for the AFCA radiator? So, so so that radiator is built for that, for that pressure. Yeah. We use, uh, and we use these with the double pass. I'm going to drop in a link here. Ideally you want a radiator that's rated for the highest pressure you can possibly put a cap on. Oh, okay. In other words, you want something, you know, if you run 29, 30 pounds or 31 pounds, that's freaking great. Because mm-hmm. the more pressure that that cap's rated for, the actual higher the operating temperature can be without creating steam and blowing water out the system. Good to know. And I'm excited because I just got some radiators in stock. Yeah, steam, steam's what kills engines, yes. not overall temperature. Right. So years ago, I had a CNR radiator that we ran in, in um, my my crate car when mm-hmm. I was doing a ton of racing and we had a CNR and it was a pressurized system. So in other words, it was air over water. So you put, you filled the system up, topped it off, bled it out. And then you put, I think, I can't remember the actual PSI. I think it was 15, 20 PSI air over water in an expansion tank. And that pressurized the system. And I think it ran at 60 pounds. Oh, wow. So essentially there was no possible way that you could burn a motor down from running too hot. I literally ran one at I-20 in South Carolina back in the day when that existed. Uh, Actually, your brother ended up winning that race. I ran second to him. Uh, But I ran that thing at like 200. I mean, the needle was wrapped around. It was one of them races (laughs) where, you know, just, you know, mud packed in the radiator because I'm running behind him and, and I mean, the thing's out of sight. It's needles wrapped around and like locked against the freaking backside of the thing. Right. And motor was fun. So, well, and that actually, that brings up a really interesting 
um, like tech tip that we learned from race logic. And if you guys haven't heard of race logic, um, I'm just going to highly recommend it. It's um, well, now it's an online class. It's an in-person class. It's like two it's, days. Yeah, it's in person. It's in person in January, online. but yeah. then we film it all so that it can be an online, um, an online version, so you can rewind and watch it and all yep. of that. So our friend Van Baker from AFCO, his, his the tip that he gave us is, you know, if you want to run a water temperature <laughs> gauge, do that. But what's even more important water is a water pressure gauge, Correct. because in that case, if you had gotten a rock in your radiator and you lost all the water. It wouldn't change your temperature of your. Well, what, what ends up happening when that and then where a lot of people end up burning engines down is, let, all right, let's say the thing's running, you know, 200 degrees mm-hmm. and you get a rock through the freaking radiator. And most drivers, unless they got a lot of experience, they're normally not looking at the gauges. Right. Yeah. So let's say they glance down at the gauge. It's running 200. Well, they glance down at the gauge after getting a rock through the radiator and they spilled half the water out of the engine and it's still running 200. So basically what ends up happening there is like steam reads cooler than the water. <laughs> so you got steam in the system and you're burning the motor down. And the driver didn't know it. Right. So. Yeah. So that's a good, good thought. And on that same kind of water topic, um, Alan says, what, what are your thoughts on running water wetter? Um, I can tell you. All right. <laughs> so water wetter. Yeah, it's a good thing. And, um, but I'll tell you the absolute best way to run water wetter. And I was me and my dad back in the day. Uh, my dad again was really good friends with Howard Stewart, Stewart water pumps. Mm-hmm. He no longer owns the company, but he's the founder and yeah. all that of Stewart pumps. And my dad was really good friends with him. And so Howard always told us, Oh, don't buy any of that expensive shit. He said, go down, go down to damn. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. So I don't think he said shit, but uh, don't buy any of that expensive shit. He's like, go go down to the freaking dollar store, get you a little one of them little sixty nine cent things a Dawn dish with or a liquid dish soap. He said, take the cap, pour a little bit in the cap, dump that in the radiator, fill the system. That's your water wetter. Now and yeah, go ahead. Well, you recommend distilled water though. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yes. right. So I, so I don't think that's obvious to everyone. You know, that might pull out a hose and fill up the radiator, but it's worth it for the 50 cents or dollar, right. the dollar. But at any, at any rate. Yeah. So he likes John dishwashing soap and he throws all my coolants. Out, out I still, I, we still run it. I'm just teasing you. No, we still run it. Yeah. So it does the same exact thing. Uh, so water wetter, what that does is it lubricates. Well, it, it, it's the same thing. Like take, take Dawn dish soap, put it on a plate, put some water on it. What happens? Yeah, it, 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 it's it's it goes, it goes to it. It, yes. right, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, so it's the same thing. Yep. So, do you need to buy this expensive shit that's water wetter? No. Does it work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the idea behind it. Mm-hmm. So, what you want it to do is be able to actually come in contact with the metal in the engine. In other words, the cylinder wall, the outside of the cylinder walls, the cylinder heads, everything else. And in order to do that, that water wetter, so it makes water wetter. Mm-hmm. That's what it does. Does that mean that it's so? Better, yes, run it. Is it better at carrying temperatures then? So it can pull well, it's the better heat at dissipating then, heat, correct? Yeah, is is why you would use because you want the water in contact with that surface. Mm-hmm. So, but Dawn liquid dish soap does the same damn thing. Yeah. For you know. 
well, 69 cents. Well, from what I understand about water, and, and I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to pretend that. No, I'm not either. I don't know. I mean, after 2020, I think we all are. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I, okay. You swear I don't. Know, I, don't I don't know when the when the science got COVID last week. I'm I'm not believing in science anymore. I'm just saying. <laughs> so okay, we can think of mole, water molecules like it's a like it's a it's got a skin on on it almost. And with Correct. that, you've got these these basically it's not bubbles, but these round like pieces of water that are running through your system, and what a well, how like a Dawn dishwashing soap mm -hmm. works is it breaks apart those molecules right. or not the molecules, but it breaks apart. It does the, something. Yeah. It breaks it apart to make them smaller. And yep. if you've got a smaller, then you've got more surface area. Correct. And if you've got more surface area, then that's how you're able to penetrate yep. and, and do that. Makes sense. All right. Simple question for Chris. He says, do you have matched valve springs in stock for a 602? The answer to that is yes. Yes, I do. We kind of ran through a bunch of them and we're gonna have to rate some more in this in the coming days here. But you know, the the part that takes one of the longest is just unwrapping the damn things. Well, don't you have like evil assistant to the evil assistant to no, do it? No, she came in once and I like I think I burned her out on the first oh, day. Shit. I know, I know. Jeremy's here. Jeremy came by yeah. the store today mm -hmm. and he was he's he is known about the well, I don't want to give up any secrets for you, Jeremy, but uh no, I don't know if he wants everybody to know what he's running. So, but he he came right away right, today and deal. had some products. Um, oh, now Jeremy says uh, we've used the cheap a uh, blue windshield washer fluid and it works the same. Mm. That's interesting with the alka alcohol in it. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think I'd do that. But. I'd be concerned about the different. Well, it's the differing metals that can also be a big problem as well. Because you've got aluminum in one spot and steel. Well, in if you're talking, yeah, 604 or something like that. You, right. You do. So there's, what is that, electrolysis that can take place yes. or, or whatever? Yes. It's it's basically like the there's some of those experiments. Like you can take copper and you can put it into a bath with, mm -hmm. with uh, I think it's like vinegar and, right. and like aluminum foil or something. And, and what will happen is the ions from one metal will transfer to the other metal but in, in yeah. a water system, it can definitely cause some oh, issues yeah. um, like that. Oh, and Darren says it's scientism. <laughs> scientism. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, Darren. It's, that is it's like scientism. A, it's like a cult. <laughs> no, no, okay. <laughs> I don't know. It was an ism or an ology. I'm not sure. But, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get to. Same thing. Yeah. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, try not to get uh, right. shut down. You know, actually, I, okay. Can I talk like culture for a moment and culture, stock market, and politics? You do that while I take a piss and then have no, 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 it's about all. It's all about telling you about it. Oh no, go ahead. Tell tell the audience about it. Well, um, well, I should ask them first. I mean, do you think the world's gone a little bit too woke? I mean, if you think that, just go ahead and say yes. Just drop in a yes in the comments, and if you don't think the world's gone too woke. Drop in a no, and I will keep my uh, I will keep my mouth shut and not be um, yeah. So if you think if you think the world's gone too woke, drop in a yes, or otherwise drop in a no. And and I see we've got another another. Okay, I see a yes here. And okay, all right, hell yes, all right. I, I mean, I kind of figure I know who I'm talking to because you're my friends. Now, I was watching a YouTube video last night, and I am just going to say I'm. this is a single source, so I'm not going to go too off 
too far off the rails and like this is the gospel truth of everything. But here's one thing that's super interesting is that in the stock market, now you have companies that get what they call ESG scores. And you might have even seen Elon Musk talking about it about a week ago. He's like, hey, what is the deal that so ESG is environmentally social, you know, it's like you're environmentally, socially and responsible and all that other stuff. Right. It's basically woke, pro-woke. Right. Well, in Tesla, Elon Musk is like, um, yeah, I have Tesla. How is it possible that Exxon has a better ESG score than Tesla? You know, So it's really based on all these different parameters. Um, and so I think we could all, I think many of my friends would be um, in the mindset that Netflix, it's like, what the hell happened to Netflix? You know, how did they get so woke? Well, let me tell you who's behind the whole ESG thing. It's BlackRock. Oh, yeah. BlackRock is a company that we've heard about it snapping up houses. Here's what I didn't know. That they have a value of over $10 trillion. That's bigger than like most countries. Like the CEO of BlackRock is on all these like governmental community committees, like foreign relations and stuff. Anyway, they're the holder of the ESG scores. So for instance, when the Dave Chappelle... Um, that big thing that happened on Netflix. And anyway, then they got a failing grade about on their ESG scores because they were like homophobic or something or another. <laughs> and yet at the same time, you've got things like that cuties and you've got, you've got all this, just what you and I would think of as absolute trash. And I'm not approved by any means, but a bunch of trash. Well, you know, Netflix has now stood up and said, you know what? Hey, employees, uh, we might work on some projects that you don't particularly like or agree with your values. Um, sorry, either suck it up or get out. This yeah. may not be the place right. for you to work. <laughs> I mean, to go up against BlackRock. But, you know, if we've wondered why are these companies making these decisions? Well, why would they want better ESG scores? It all comes back to all of the investing in the mutual funds and the and the people who, you know, if you don't know nothing about stocks, you're like, you have a choice. Okay. Well, there's some mutual funds here. You know, do you want the ones? Are you kind of anti-tobacco and like anti-alcohol? There's a fund for that. Or if you want like green technologies or environmentally socialism and or environmentally socially responsible. So that's those, those funds invest in that. So it's really at the end of the day, it's all about BlackRock and right. why I, I don't know, but I guess terrible talking thing. To conspiracy theory. Yeah. No, I'm not though. I'm really not. I mean, I this is, this is math. And and all I wanted to say is I watched, I want, I, for my research, I did, I watched one YouTube video. So I don't want to say that this is gospel. Like it's, is all gospel all the way through. I have not done more extensive research on my own. I do find it fascinating. And so that's why I'm sharing it with, with all my friends. All right. So we've got some, uh, um, oh, and Jeremy says, he says, you can tell it doesn't bother me if everybody knows what I bought. So yes, Jeremy came by. He he has been super interested in buying the uh, thermostat system we were just talking about. The and so the minute that I was able to put these on the website before I even released them, I sent him a message on Facebook and I was like, "By the way, I know you've asked me multiple times. I have this." And so I wanted to give him you know first shot at it. And so he was going home to to install it on his car. He might even be doing that right now. All right, we got a question for you, Steve. Yeah. Um, Jason says with crossover headers on a street stock, three and a half inch primaries, would you recommend three and a half anti-reversion mufflers or a three inch on a 602? Well, number one, I would recommend uh, three inch collectors. 
if you can run them. Uh, so that would be the first time. Right. Because three and a half is too large for a 602, honestly. Anyway, okay. One second. Yeah, we typically use that. That that being said, if you're married to the to the three and a half inch collector, uh, then you really need to run the three and a half inch anti-reversion muffler, mm -hmm. um, because honestly, I haven't messed around with tapering it down. You know, <clears throat> three and a half to three to three, and then back up to three and a half. Oh yeah, we've done that. Out to three. I have not messed right. around with that because generally we run three inch collectors on 602, 604s. Because the three and a half is honestly too large. But if you're married to that, I would probably end up with a three and a half inch error uh, version. Yep. And uh, on my comment, uh, Darren says Elon is the granddaddy of the social credit system. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to argue. I, I, you know, I, I agree with you there for for sure. So it's interesting that they get a low score on mm -hmm. the ESG stuff for sure. Right. Earl Brian's here. Brian Littleton from Race Logic. We were mentioning Race Logic yep. earlier, and um, still, guys, I mean, I strongly would. Well, well, I mean, you're, you're even. Yeah, I mean, I did two classes with him this year, and or this past. Yeah. Well, in in this year, yeah, yeah in 2022, one for and, late models and yeah. one for street stocks. And uh, I mean, I'm getting calls from guys right now that you know, worth class. So, whole lot of wind photos on that, and and it's not too late. You can just go no. to racelogic.vip. And I don't do it to honestly go there and get business from these guys. I mean, it's kind of like us doing this show. I mean, I we started this show just like just give people information. That's how my dad always did, was. My dad was on 4M all the time, giving people free info. Um, does it generate business? Yes. Um, but it's not the primary goal. I mean, I've raced all my life. I mean, <laughs> I've spent tons and tons and tons of money doing stupid shit and trying stupid shit to figure out shit. <laughs> and, and if I can save somebody from spending that kind of money doing stupid shit, I will. So that's, And that's kind of... Yeah. At Brian's class, I mm -hmm. mean, that's basically why I do it is because I can go talk to people, whether it's, you know, in my little segment that I do or whether it's privately, you know, and answer questions for people that, you know, normally they just don't get an honest answer to if they're not asking anybody else. Yeah. And, and we're just real people. Everybody's yeah. real people that yep. uh, Brian uh, does an amazing job of really gathering a team mm -hmm. of people who who have a variety of opinions or a variety yeah. of experiences so it's not just like this is the way it is and everybody's going to teach that right. they're bringing their personal experience and those experiences can vary mm -hmm. and you can have it's not it, there's no like nobody's throwing fists or anything no. but there can be a variety of opinions on oh, on any number of things yeah. and you get the supporting information i think right. one example would be like you and Dave Hammond have mm -hmm. different viewpoints on which transmission you would Correct. choose yeah. for your late model. Absolutely. But also you race in different areas of the country. So yeah. you've, you just have different experiences right. and you have different reasonings, but as a viewer, you get the benefit of hearing all of that mm -hmm. and knowing that neither one of these guys is really trying to sell you a transmission. Like no, nobody's, I, I, I'm really the only person there that will shamelessly tell you that I am there to sell something. <laughs> and 
the thing I'm there to sell is, is I go and I usually talk about fire suppression uh, because I, yeah, I mean, whether you buy it from me or not, I'm a strong, firm believer in fire suppression oh, systems in race cars, regardless of where you buy it from. I mean, that's your, that's your deal. And yeah. I mean, you, you've been, you've been promoting that since God, since that dude was burned up. Yeah. I think it's been like 2015, I yeah, think is like how long. And I, started doing videos talking about fire suppression yep. and i mean i'm not the manufacturer or anything well i mean I, I remember when the lucas oil system came out gosh you were selling those to everybody jimmy owens you were you were selling that stuff to all them dudes absolutely because i was already I, a fire bottle dealer ever since that yep. again the guy that burned up in the firefighter yep. who died in in a race car that caught on fire yep and i was like holy hell i thought everybody had a fire bottle i right. didn't realize that they didn't know about, yep. about it so so yeah um, all right. So we've got uh, some more questions here. So Richard mm -hmm. says, what should be the timing on a 604 from Chevy with Hendron Carb? Uh, uh, what fuel? Yeah, Richard, it's going to depend on your fuel there. Yep. Um, yeah, so, we'll, so we'll get back to Richard yeah, drop, there. Drop, drop that in there and, and yeah. I'll be able to answer the question. Yeah. And uh, Nick says, on a 604, is it worth a weight penalty for an updated motor? It says updates are 1.6 rockers, small balancer, and a carb spacer plate with a 6400 rev chip. Okay, this is going to be an asphalt question. And uh, what would the weight penalty be? Okay, so we'll uh, we'll get back to you, Nick, and if you could tell us what and, how much and, weight you'd have to and, add. And having a stock one, do you have to run 6400? Mm, That'd be a, another oh, question. Oh yeah, if it, that's a difference in the chip. And with Richard, he is. He's running E85. E85. So to go back to that question is what should be the timing be on a 604? Um, uh, all right. Code? If it's one of our carburetors, then it's always going to be safe <clears throat> to run 36 degrees. Mm -hmm. um, if Now, that can vary. In other words, 36 is always safe on with one of our carbs on E85. Um, we've seen engines that produce max power. And believe it or not, I mean, these are all supposed to be the same, but some, I can't explain this, but somehow... It can be different. Um, uh, so we've got some that are running at 38. We've got some that are running at 40. But that's but, like a do not but, try that. Without yeah, please, being on please, a dyno. please don't do that unless you get it like on our chassis dyno or something like that, which I would highly recommend if you're buying a carburetor from us or if you own one from us. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely set up some dyno time. If you're within, you know, driving range, it's reasonable. And, you know, you don't have to, you know, spend three days getting here. Um and then we can actually tune that in for you. Uh, generally, again, you're going to end up between 36 to 38. Um, again, 36 is always safe. Nine times out of 10, we're going to end up at 38. Okay. And then back to Nick's question about the weight penalty. He mm -hmm. says it's the it, the weight penalty is 50 pounds. It's the same RPM. Same RPM. Okay. So on that 604, I'm just going to repeat this. Is yeah. it worth a weight penalty to add 50 pounds for an updated motor? And the updates include 1.6 rockers, small balancer, and a carb spacer plate. Okay, so, um, so the 1.6 rockers, just going from 1.5s to 1.6s, that's 10 horsepower. Okay. All day long. Mm -hmm. um, small balancer, it's not going to be a horsepower gain. It's going to be an acceleration gain of some sort, uh, depending on the weight of it. Um, so I would see that as a gain. Carburetor spacer plate versus none is going to be a gain. So, yeah, I would say 100%. I would take the 50-pound weight penalty and do that. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Thank you, sir. I'll have another. 
I mean, depending on the track, too. Now, if you're racing, you know, if you're racing a half mile track, asphalt track, it may or may not be. It's probably a toss up. Now, if you're running quarter mile three eighths, I'd definitely go with that package all day long, because end of the day, fifty pounds ain't gonna make a shit bit of difference versus what you're gonna be able to gain with all that. Well, Jeremy mentioned. Jeremy mentions. He says, "I know we had a fifty pound weight penalty for rebuilt six hundred two motors, mm. and I feel like it wasn't enough to be honest." That's interesting. Well, and that's on dirt. I mean, but... yeah. I mean, I mean, fit. I, <laughs> yeah, I got a problem with like weight penalties for for rebuilt engines. I do too. I actually do. I do, um, especially because if there's not a good program, to what what happens if if somebody gets protested? And they've got to tear it down. And, and then, of course, no, you've got I mean, to, what are your choices? You get a rebuilt, now you get a weight penalty, or you have to buy a new engine. Well, I don't believe in let's that. Let's say you shit a lifter out of the motor, and the first time you run it, you got to pull the intake manifold off and replace it. I'm sorry. Now, all of a sudden, you got to have fucking 50 pounds in the goddamn thing. <laughs> you uh, shit a lifter. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, that's funny every uh, single time uh, you say that. Stuff, that stuff pisses me off. <laughs> oh, my God. You shit a lifter. <laughs> So there, what, were you, there, what were you doing this afternoon? Well, there, I should have lifter. There, there, there was a 602 late model series around here that uh, I did motors for Dale Timms. So we called it the Dale Timms rule. Yeah, we totally he, did. He yes. like totally dominated that series the first year of the round. Next, next, next year, they've got like 50-pound weight penalty for anything other than a sealed GM crate engine. That they were blowing up right and left. Well, and he just you know, had, and he just had so much more seat time than really anybody right. else he was racing. Exactly, against. it was really an experience thing rather than a you know, yeah. power thing. For sure. Uh, now, Steve Peden, of cool, we met up in. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I've met met him. Where were we? Where the he, hell were we? Well, he, I mean, we were at Race Logic, yeah, but he's, he's a bit it was a, in Tennessee. He, he, he's a bit of a douche, though. He's not a douche. No, he's not. A, no, he's not. Nah. Yeah, he's not a douche. I forgot. No, we like him. No, I actually talked to I him know. via messenger today. Yes. Well, I just sent some <laughs> stuff his way this way. But he said uh, today, and Steve says, Race Logic is worth every penny. I still go back and watch the videos. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so- Steve's a good dude, and he's like kicking ass there in the Midwest. So. <laughs> yes, <Indiana>. absolutely. <laughs> and Jeremy says, Yeah, that's the same series I was talking about with the 50 pounds. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and then Brian says, you know, hey, thanks, bud. Post results on RaceLogic page. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, for sure. And Brian is a new grandpa, too. Is he really? Yes. Well, his daughter his daughter was actually at the hospital when we were at, at the Street Stock class getting ra- getting snowed in over in uh, eastern North Carolina. That reminds me. Next year, if we do these classes again, you know, mm-hmm. at the same places. I need to charge a snow excise tax in case it snows and I have to spend an extra day at some place again. Mm. Or, or we could, um, <laughs> or we could encourage, um, I know, I think uh, Ben Baker was, was lobbying for like Florida. Or I want a beer allowance. A beer allowance, a beer allowance would be, I don't <laughs> mind being snowed in if I got a beer allowance. A beer. <laughs> <laughs> and Debbie's here from Newsom. Hey, new some raceway parts hey. and really if you guys are looking for uh for your crate engines the 602 604s any of your performance parts um i mean of course i sell some of this you sell some of this but if you want to go direct really new some raceway parts i've uh, been a big supporter yep. of crate insider for several crate years racing in general and yeah. crate racing all the way all the way through even through the tough times and uh but debbie says uh hey it seems like y'all are having entirely too much fun what's well, kind of the goal yeah <laughs> 
I mean, I'm I, not... I, last week sucked. I felt like shit last week. So yeah. we're like cut the show down early because I literally like my stomach was tore up for some reason. I did have no did idea you go why. home and shit a lifter? <laughs> <laughs> that was a, it was brick size, but it was not a lifter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just the phrase makes me absolutely laugh my ass off here. So that's hilarious. All right. Um, uh, Brian does say though, somewhere warm this year. Hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Warm, yeah. Warm's always good. Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny because two years ago, went out to Nebraska for an IMCA stock car class. And that's when I brought Alex, your son, along mm -hmm. with me to help me with filming. Yep. And he'd never seen snow outside of like the, you know, five Carolinas. minutes that we get yeah. in the Carolinas. So that whole idea of like when we're in the parking lot and any of you Midwesterners, we're going to totally get this. <laughs> so this packed snow in it, and you're walking across the parking lot with this packed snow and it's like crunch. <laughs> and it's like holding under your feet he did not know what to do with that and that was he'd never known like no. how cold a person could be no. um and it was it was pretty stout it was like 30 below or something like yeah. that it was nothing to sneeze at so he wasn't being wimpy at all it was no. it was hardcore all right so we got another question jeremy says steve if you were to look an engine over that was claimed to be a crate 602 out of the box could you tell by the casting numbers on the heads and intake and block that it was factory? Um, you want me to repeat the question? No, no, I'm okay. just, I'm trying to understand the question. <laughs> yeah. Dead air. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Dead air, but. Um, well, somebody, I mean, somebody saying a crate 602 is just, you know, straight out of the box. Would you be able to tell? Okay, could you look at the numbers and stuff to tell if it had been into or? No, I mean, I mean, you can. I mean, there's serial numbers on everything, but no, not really. It, but just uh -uh. from the serial numbers alone, you wouldn't. Know no, no, you'd have to whether it was no. all original. Uh -uh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, you can look at. I mean, there's certain telltale signs of whether one's been apart before or not, which is mm -hmm. the first thing I'd look for. I mean, I actually had a customer bring me an engine last, yeah, last week, towards the end of the week there that you know, oh. was supposed to be basically a reseal, one that I had originally sealed with Sika seals. And if that was the case, then, you know, we were going to reseal it yeah. with the Crate USA seal. Right. And it came in and I, as soon as he backed up the door, I'm like, dude, I didn't seal that. Yeah. So. You could tell. Yeah. Well, and then he clarifies and he says, sorry, I mean, like, are there matching numbers or that the heads may be a no. different year than the block or no. the take casting? No, there's not. Okay. There's nothing like that. 604s are, are closer because they just started serializing the uh, 604 heads with a stamp number on the uh, exhaust ports. Oh, interesting. So those are easier to tell. And Alan Brown is, he's he's laughing along with me. Um, <laughs> lifter shitter and with, with uh, laughy faces. Right. <laughs> and Steve did say, Steve Peden says, worst part of race logic is the buy one, get one free draft beer at Applebee's. Right. Yes. <laughs> that That's was horrible. Tennessee. Oh, yeah. How, wow. how much beer did we actually drink that night? Um, I mean, it wasn't me because I have like one or two and I'm kind of done. But. Oh, my God. That was, but, but that was, that was long, but it was, but like. The thing with the Applebee's, it was, it was walking chilies. distance. It was chilies. Oh, it was chilies. Yeah. Yeah, chilies. And it was right next to the hotel. Yeah. So there really didn't have to be any driving. In no, there. it was insane. Yeah. We didn't get an ass ton of beer. And we had an amazing service. And it was during the COVID, it was during the COVID bullshit too. So yeah. Or like at the well, tail end oh, of it. Oh, no, no. It was the, the very beginning. Because that would have. No, it was, was the tail it? end of it. Was it? Okay. I gotcha. I couldn't really remember. 
I don't know. The, the, all of these scientism years have grown grown together. The buy, the buy one, get one free. And then they bring them both to you at the same time was yeah. badass. Well, and like, that's not was, something that can happen in North Carolina. No, and the <laughs> server was amazing because she could remember everybody's. It was like 12 oh, of us or 12 unreal. or 14 at the table. Yeah. And people ordered their food yep. and she's not writing anything down. We're like, Oh hell, this is, this is going to go sideways. <laughs> and no, she remembered everybody's order. Yeah. It was perfect. It was amazing. Really. Yeah. Really, really amazing. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I think that's all I got for today, Steve. Yeah. You know, what, what about you? Um, I mean, you know, you know, what's going to be next Monday. So we have to make a decision now. What? Next Monday is actually 4th of July. Oh shit. So are we going to have a show on July 4th? I think we should. I don't know. Do you have anything going on? Do you have any plans? On the 4th? No. no I've got no plans. Yeah. So we probably we can probably show I'm up going here. to friends on Saturday. Okay. We'll go to okay. our friends on Saturday. Uh, and then Alex this is racing is Saturday. I'm not sure if he's racing Sunday or not. Okay. I need, so, to be, need to be a little bit more in the loop on that. Um, but Monday, <laughs> July 4th. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we'll plan for right now. We'll plan on being back on Monday. Because yeah. nice thing about a 7 o'clock show, it's not like it's dark enough for fireworks anyway. No, so, true. Yeah. So, you got to figure out something. Um, Jeremy says we should take the week off and party like hell. Y'all come to the mm-hmm. shop and see a huge fireworks show. <laughs> so, at least about 7 o'clock. You know, because you know what we missed this last week? It was summer solstice. It's the longest day of the year. Right. And I we forgot to even talk about it. Oh, well, I don't know why you would. Well, because it's pretty exciting when it's the longest day of the year. Because okay. as much as I bitch about the shortest day of the year, it, you know, I should probably equally now, be now, grateful. Are, for are we going to be staying on this time now, from now on? <clears throat> Wasn't it like voted on by Congress or some shit? Um, if we are, that'd be awesome. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah. Because I'd rather be on daylight savings time right. all the time rather than uh, uh, than standard time. And, oh, and oh, Matt's got one. We'll, we'll wrap up in just a second. I see right. Matt has a comment. He says, ordered ham and setup plates. Uh, and caster camber gauge with Daytona one grip bite prep. Thanks for being a distributor on mm-hmm. and fast shipping. Looking forward to using these products, Kate and Steve. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Oh, Dave, Dave has a suggestion. He says everyone's off on Monday. Have it earlier in the day. We can do that. So yeah, we just kind of, we'll just kind of play it by ear. Maybe we'll, we'll get a plan. Here, look, clearly, let me, clearly we are planning right now as let, we are doing let, this in front of everybody. Yeah, let, me, let me look at the thing here. The thing, the, the weather, weather thing. The weather thing. All right, so Monday, it looks like it's potential thunderstorms. Eighty-four, fifty percent chance of thunderstorms, which now it's this time of year, so that's going to be all the time. Every day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we might do it earlier in the day. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll just kind of play by ear, and and uh, but you know, we'll we'll try to get it scheduled up on Facebook that day, sometime on that Monday, and then we'll let people know. So. So anyway, yep. so that's about all I've got. Any any last words there, Steve? I'm giving you a last word. No, no, no words of wisdom. Oh, okay. I do have one last word. Uh, don't forget to, if you haven't already, join our June giveaway. So our June giveaway, just go to crateinsider.com and you can go forward slash giveaway or at the top, there's a tab called giveaway. And we are giving away a whole prize package with a... Uh, with a Walker air filter, Crate Insider flat air filter base, lid, or Joe's air cleaner stud, and T-shirt and a couple koozies with a $344 value. Yeah. So that is our June giveaway, and we will know what the answer to that is, um, you know. When? So, well, like June, July 1st, probably. I have to look at the calendar. I think that's Friday. Well, why don't we draw the whole thing on the 4th, then? Um, 
Well, well, if you're going to go online, I mean, if, I mean, well, you, don't, you don't do your top five Tuesday shit anymore, right? No, I don't. Don't. No, I don't. So, so we'll have that. We'll let that person know that weekend. You know. Yeah, that, let's do yeah. it. Let's do it Monday for July fourth. Be kind of uh, fun. I could be the I could be the drawer guy to like draw all the names out of that. Well, we're just going to do it electronically. So oh, electronically. It's, it's not, yeah, it's you. not really as exciting. So it's like random roller thing. Yeah, yeah, like like random number kind of thing. And so you'll put your name and your email address, and yes, that puts you on our email list. But we, we can still announce you. who won. Yeah, we totally can. Yeah. So we will announce who won on the show. So I think that's a perfect, yeah. perfect segue. Um, thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for being part of the show. You can, of course, catch us on YouTube, on Facebook, or over on Apple iTunes or Spotify, any yep. of your podcast providers. Just look up Racing Insiders Podcast. Um, otherwise, our individual businesses, I'm at CrateInsider.com. You are at HendringsRacingEngines.com. And we will yeah, see you I guys. Yeah, I mean, the, the website sucks. Yeah, mostly go to your Facebook page. I mean, page. just go to my Facebook page or okay. call me, Yeah, essentially. I mean, I need to do something with the, with the website. It's just... Yeah. One of these days. Yeah, one of these days. We'll get there. All right. You guys have a great week. We'll see you soon.